When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to College Football Live. Let's head out of the tunnel. The calendar has flipped to August. That means the start of preseason camps. We'll head to Knoxville, Morgantown, and Tallahassee, among others, as fall camp gets underway. The Seminoles have gone back to work as Florida State begins camp. Coming up, we'll have a deep dive into the details that can make or break the Seminoles' season. And who doesn't love a one-handed grab? Someone's turning heads with the highlights. Why not revisit the best one-handed catches we've caught in person? I'm Wendy Nix. Welcome to College Football Live with Rod Gilmore and Stanford Steve. We get back to work, as so do a lot of teams across the country as we flip the calendar to August. Camps are underway, and work has begun on Rocky Top as we take a look back at Tennessee of the second season under head coach Josh Heupel. They finished 7-6 and six last season, making Heupel the first coach with a winning record in his first season since Lane Kiffin, and they get back 15 starters, including Hendon Hooker. Here's Coach Heupel. This year is not about stats, um, touchdowns, uh, interceptions matter. It, it's yards. It, it's about wins, right? And so managing all those expectations and, and just focusing on doing your job at the highest level is the most important thing for him. We want him to be decisive. We want him to take care of the football when it's not. And, and the opportunity presents itself to use his feet uh, to continue to move the ball for us. Steve, expectations are high on Rocky Top, as they often are, especially after a successful first season under Heupel. But finish this sentence for me, if you will. Tennessee's second season under Heupel is a success if. Oh, it goes to a couple things here. I would say, first off, the offense, if they could maintain with the success they had when they found Hendon Hooker at quarterback, I think the offense will be fine. They were fantastic last year. Uh, You know, Hooker came in in that pick game, and they found success and scored points, a ton of points, 511 points on the season. Uh, But the issue to me is the defense. Uh, The defense... The defense gave up a ton of points. They gave up 40 points five times. The only team behind them in third down conversions allowed in the SEC was Missouri. So they have to be better on defense for a breakthrough season. Yeah, Stanford Steve, you're absolutely right. Listen, I I love this offense. And, you know, Herndon had a great season. He's going to get more help this year. I mean, Jabari Small, the wide receiver, is a good returning player. Brew McCoy comes in as a transfer. It is so hard to predict how teams are going to do with transfers. That's a difficult thing. You see they (laughs) added a number of transfers. The one I like the best in there is Brew McCoy. He's been at USC, been at Texas. He is a phenomenal player, athlete, 6'3", 220 pounds. This would give Tennessee the two biggest receivers, you know, probably lining up in the SEC. But, you know, you're right about that defense. 
You just can't outshoot teams week in after week. They got to get better on the back end, play a little bit more zone coverage, keep your eye on the quarterback, keep a safety in the middle. One thing we know, guys, there is typically no easy outs in the SEC. That's just not how it works in the Southeastern Conference. But take a look at Tennessee's schedule. Again, this for the upcoming season. They open up against Ball State the following week, though, go on the road to take on Pitt. The Volunteers will have a rough end to their schedule. Three of their last four are on, on the road. And one of those against the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Steve, when you look at that schedule, there's pitfalls along the way for any team. But where's a true litmus test here for the Volunteers? I think it's that first road game at Pitt week two, Wendy. Uh, they, you know, Pitt went into Knoxville last year and beat them. And then a couple weeks later, they get Florida. I think if I think they could be undefeated going into their bye week. And then they go to Baton Rouge to play LSU. So the beginning of the schedule, that first road test at Pitt, I think you're going to find out who they are and they're going to find out who they are. So I think it's that first test at Pittsburgh. I think that makes a lot of sense. Let's stick in the SEC East, if you will. Florida opens up their season with three home games right away. Their season opener against Utah. Mark your calendar on October 29th when they play the reigning national champs. Here's head coach Billy Napier today. Gray area is the enemy. You know, that's what I would tell you, right? We want to have a very structured routine process for our players. I think players develop confidence from that. You know, I think routine and great preparation, that breeds confidence, right? When I know what to expect, I execute my plan. It'll be a big part of what we do and certainly a big part of our success. Rod, what should we expect to see from the Gators under Napier? You know, it's fascinating to me. People are counting Florida out. I'm not convinced. You know, the race for number two behind Georgia, is wide open, and Florida has a real shot. This is now Anthony Richardson's team as the quarterback. Emory Jones has moved on to Arizona State. He is incredibly talented. You know, with his feet, with his arms, he has a chance to be a tremendous player. This is now his team. Now, on the other side of the ball, they get seven players back on defense, seven starters. I think Florida has a chance to be way better than a lot of people expect, particularly when they get settled at quarterback with Richardson, Steve. Yeah, I think it's starting. We're going to find out right away, Rod, because you get Utah coming in, who's favored to win the Pac-12, and then, you know, you got a, a, another big game as Kentucky comes in. I love the hire in Napier. I'm just, I'm just worried about this Florida fan base having a little patience going through another head coach here. But I love the stability he brings to the program. He had plenty of success in Louisiana. That's why he was highly sought after. So I, I, it's a huge first two games for Florida. I think seven wins and going over 500 is a successful season, knowing what they've lost on the offensive side and the new faces that they bring in. Got to win you know what, Steve, seven I think there. that's fair, although it's interesting to, t- yeah, to, t- to talk about seven wins being a success for a Florida team. But I, I think you're right. When you look at the changes and you look at that schedule, it makes a whole lot of sense. Speaking of changes, yeah. we've talked a great deal about the transfer portal during the offseason. Uh, one of those former Georgia quarterback, JT Daniels, sort of, I say, tongue-in-cheek, will have to earn the starting job in Morgantown, although that's the likely end result. He transferred to Georgia from USC two years ago, announced his decision to transfer again, this time to West Virginia in April.
everybody walks by the camera and acts like they don't see the camera. They just have to keep looking forward. Well, JT Daniels played his freshman and sophomore seasons at USC where he started 11 games his first year but injured his knee in the 2019 season opener. He then transferred to Georgia where over the last two seasons he had a combined seven starts. And back in April, as I mentioned before, his decision was announced to transfer to West Virginia, that for the 2022 season. Uh, look, Steve, I, there are all, all kind of ways you could go with this, but what do you expect from JT Daniels in Morgantown? I expect improvement at the quarterback position. I think Daigie struggled. You know, they led the, uh, you know, Big 12 in interceptions last year. They also gave up the most sacks in school history last year. So I think the combination of Graham Harrell coming in, who, you know, worked with JT Daniels at USC, I think the combination of those two, you know, getting rid of the ball quick. JT has plenty of experience. So I expect big things from the quarterback position in West Virginia, where another fan base is running out of patience with a higher their head coach so I would be fired up if I'm a West Virginia fan to see JT Daniels under center yeah you know I, I feel for JT Daniels because I, I saw either in person or on tape every one of his games his freshman year at USC he is talented mm. there's no question people forget how young he is he left high school a year early now getting him back with Graham Harrell will help him an awful lot but he just hasn't played an awful lot he threw almost 400 passes his freshman year at USC. He has not come close to that in the last three years. Still, he's only 22 years old, a new system, but it's a system he's familiar with now. So I think he'll be comfortable there. I think they will rely on him. This is, this is his chance to do something really big, Wendy. It's, it's been a long time. We've been waiting for JT Daniels to really break out again <laughs> like he did in his freshman year. Well, you're right. He played just 10 total games with Georgia, 17 touchdowns, just five interceptions. But again, still trying to find the right fit. And you're also right about that fan base losing patience. So now is the time for both quarterback and team. <laughs> Ahead on College Football Live, summertime is the perfect time for a road trip. Eric McLean hits the film room with Florida State star corner Ikeen Dent when we come back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's get ready. Florida State trying to get ready. They haven't had a winning season since Jimbo Fisher roamed the sidelines in Tallahassee. That was in 2017. They've had four straight losing seasons, but perhaps you could argue there is momentum. They won five of their last eight games last season. They're back at practice, and here's the head coach. This was one of those three-day stretches that 
Um, you know, we really wanted to push their bodies. Uh, I thought we had some physical work over the last few days, ending with a day in full pads. Uh, I thought we got good work with guys. You know, we're still seeing players emerge, and that's what you that's what you want to see. There's a lot of a lot of competition, a lot of positions. We still have to make sure that the execution and finishing plays, uh, but I do like the physicality. I think the run game and run defense are both showing the potential that we have. We just have to, we, we got to clean up some of those details. Florida State's secondary last season took a step in the right direction. They ranked top five in the ACC in interceptions, opponent completion percentage, and opponent QBR. The team's 14 interceptions last season were the Seminoles' most in a single season since the aforementioned Jimbo Fisher in 2016. Here's Eric McLean in the film room. Keith, thank you for joining me, man. Excited to jump into this stuff. Great year last year, and we're going to highlight a bunch of these plays. Obviously, you took a big leap from a leadership perspective, but also that production on the field. Let's jump into some of these plays right now. Let's just start here at, at Clemson. I mean, a game that, man, you had the Tigers worried. You guys had them scared. And, uh, and so I'm looking, at, I'm looking at this play, and really it starts with alignment. So you've got a two-by-two two set here. You're at the safety position. You're two and a half yards off the hash. Looks like we have man-to-man, man-to-man, and then probably even right here as well. And what's so impressive is this is a corner cat. And so right away, our guy's going to the hole. He's going to the quarterback, and you do a great job. So I know you're locked here. This is your man. Yes, sir. So just walk me through how quickly, okay, something's a little bit fishy here because this is going to eventually be a tight end screen. So what did, what's your kind of thought process here? Um, my thought process was like, for one, how he came off the ball and how flat he went. Because mm -hmm. usually on that, they, they'll throw a glance or so right. it'll be a, a real, like, a slant or a skinny post. Yep. So once and I see that. he's coming right here, you're saying. Yeah, he yep. coming flat. Mm -hmm. So at first I thought it was like a drive or something until he went and tagged on my linebacker. And I was like, yeah. With nobody else outside, I was right. like, I just got to fit out there. Like. So, okay, so you see that. You know you're staying patient. What, what are your kind of your first thoughts? Are you looking at line? right here or are you looking at quarterback okay he's throwing so I got to get out what, what are you kind of looking at as you're going through I mean I'm looking at a quarterback mannerism but at the post snap I see how they fired off too mm -hmm. but it's like you got to be a little patient with Clemson because you know they like the RPO situation right. so I just had to let everything clear up first then react trigger make right. a play so part of it is number one you're knowing your personnel who you're going against and then two okay let me see this thing in live time we saw the physicality there this is what really impresses me. And again, let's just talk about alignment and where you are. Okay, so it's looking like we have some guys man-to-man -man here, man-to-man -man up top. It might be two-man. That's kind of what it looks like to me. And so what's super impressive is watch. You're already in your break. I mean, this is nuts to me. You see Mike Harley here, you know, TVD's go-to guy. Yeah. He's not even passing the ball. You're already breaking. Why, why are you doing that right now? Uh, because uh, they start off in deuce. Then they sprinted the um, running back out to make empty. And when, when they go empty, all the all the open spaces in the middle of the formation. So I knew once that with my with my um nickel back outside leverage a little bit, I knew that that's what they wanted to hit. Talk about what they wanted to hit. I see what you wanted to yeah, hit I right wanted there. To hit him. You you were ready. You were excited about that. And that's just something you saw on film. And yes, you sir. knew, okay, right away, play recognition. And again, look. You're already breaking right now. He's on his third drop. And so you almost know the play better than he does. Better than he and does. you were staring right at Mike the whole time saying, please get this ball. Yeah. And then you do the rest. All right, so now let's look at a play on the ball. So this is Boston College. I mean, this is, you guys have been fighting tooth and nail here. You're in the back here. It looks like probably a quarter's look. It's fourth down. This can win you the football game. Oh, by the way, 
you've got probably one of the best receivers in the conference, Zay Flowers. So you're here. You're saying, hey, look, over-the-top help. I'm not letting this guy go anywhere. What's the, what is your thought process before the play happens, before as you're lined up right now? What are you thinking? So me personally, I'm thinking players not players. So I was thinking of number four, right. how he, you know, do his little thing. And I'm going to just help my boundary corner. But then as he, as he shifted inside with his inside release, I would just weave inside to yeah. at least have a little presence for him. Yeah, presence for like seven minutes if he ran like a dig or right. bring something back inside. Right. So what's impressive about this is, you know, at the safety position, obviously, there's a lot of aggression, right? You guys are hitters at the end mm -hmm. of the day. For you not to just over jump and get out of the way, you stay patient, you're staying with Zay, you're saying, hey, this is the guy I do not want to have beat us. Yeah. And then you just go ahead and say, that's game. That's game. That's Call game. game. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you joining me. This was fun. Expect to see a lot more plays like this yes, this sir. season. I love those film sessions, by the way. I could watch them all day. It's so interesting, the thought process behind what you see. Rod, look, the Seminoles predicted to go 8-4. and four. A lot has to happen between now and then. Uh, what do you think will be the biggest predictor of their success? Well, Wendy, I'm, I'm not worried about their defense. I, I love what they're doing on that side of the ball. I think that's they're going to take another step. But, man, they got to protect the quarterback. I mean, Phil Jerkovic needs some help back there. They gave up 36 sacks last season. This has been a Florida State issue for years now, Steve. We, we've watched this. That offensive line play has not been good in protecting the quarterback. Back in 2019, they gave up 48 sacks. So, 36 is lower, but they got to do way better if they're going to have a chance to get to eight or nine wins. No doubt. No doubt at all, Rod. That, that's been the issue. They haven't finished better than 95th in the country since 2015 in sacks allowed. And when you look at Jordan Travis, I think they showed a lot with this team's character last year. It couldn't have went worse starting 0-4. They win five of the next seven, and they have what they wanted at the end, at this, from the start of the year, a win against Florida and your rival and getting a bowl game. They couldn't pull the trigger and get the win there. So I think seven wins in a bowl game, again, I know it's not the best thing in the world, but this, this program has shown steps, and I think a bowl game and a winning record in the regular season is a step in the right direction, knowing how tough the schedule is with that, uh, you know, that opener against LSU in New Orleans. You know what, Steve? I tell you what, I know every season is different, but finishing the way they did five of their last seven wins, I mean, that doesn't hurt anything as they start a new campaign. The tour of the ACC continues, mm -hmm. by the way. Catch the ACC Network, folks, as they hit up Duke, Wake Forest, UNC, and Virginia Tech this week. All right, here's what we'll say. Why use two hands when you only need one? For some folks, that's all you need. We'll show you a one-handed grab and tell you where it ranks among the best we've ever seen. It's that time of year again. Once again, the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony. This is on ESPN. A stellar class of 2022, Saturday noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on ESPN and the ESPN app. Looking now at the U, the prodigal son Mario Cristobal returns to Coral Gables from Oregon after four full seasons at the helm for the Ducks. He's got a new offensive coordinator and Josh Gaddis as well. Looking under center, Tyler Van Dyke is back his first full season after taking over at QB four games into last season as a freshman. 
His last six games in 2021, he was top 10 QBR. And on the defensive end, two new coordinators, Kevin Steele and Charlie Strong, try to pick things up after allowing 30 points in eight games. All right, Rod, listen, there is there are high hopes in Miami. The only problem is I say that every season. And I hope as we move <laughs> through the season that continues to be the case. But uh, listen, what do you need to see right off the bat to have some kind of confidence in this Hurricanes team? Well, Miami won't be Miami until we see that defense flying around like they used to do back in the day, you know, making tackles all over the field, getting to the quarterback. And Mario Cristobal was absolutely right to take away the turnover chain. They have not been getting enough tur- turnovers. They got 11 last season. This has been an issue for the last couple of years. So removing the turnover chain, probably the right thing, and just get back to flying around, Steve, and making sure you get takeaways because that's the Miami of old that we know, and that's what it's going to take for them to be back to the way they were. How did I know you were going to go defense, Rod? I knew you were going to do that. Uh, <laughs> if you talk to people around Miami, uh, they think they have the best quarterback in the conference. I don't know if I agree with that, but they have the confidence in Tyler Van Dyke to take them to the next level. I love Love the coaching staff that Mario Cristobal has aligned there in Coral Gables. So I think they have the goods to win the division for sure. Uh, and I think they have a chance to be the best program in that state of Florida. Uh, knowing what we talked about earlier in the show. So high expectations as they should be in Miami. Well, you can see there the Miami Hurricanes schedule for the upcoming season. Uh, listen, you, you got you to gotta win them all. If you're going to win them all, you got to win the first one. So here we go. Uh, against Bethune-Cookman. We'll stay in the state of Florida. How about this? Florida A&M's Zaire Riley. Now, guys, this kid's a freshman. How about this grab? Now, I know it's in practice. I know all of that. But still, I mean, you have to like what you see. And they certainly hope they'll see more of that. That's, in fact, a sign of things to come. I'm going to ask you guys this. Listen, this is just the beginning of that kid. But what's the best one-handed grab you've seen, either on the field or calling a game, Ron? Well, the best one-handed catch I ever saw in person was a few years ago when Francis Awusu at Stanford made a one-handed catch for a touchdown by pinning the ball against the back of a UCLA defensive back. Watch Kevin Hogan releases this ball to him. Watch the finish here. This is crazy. (laughs) Catches it on the back of the defender. Craziest thing I ever saw in person. Necessity, the mother of invention. Uh, Steve, you got one? Yep, I'm going to stay with Stanford. We got Rod and me on the show. I'm going to show my favorite college football player of all time, Andrew Luck. One-handed catch. Hey, sorry, we had to do it this this show Wednesday. We denied all show. Here's some more Stanford highlights. The best I ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, when in doubt, they don't, I mean, they don't call you Stanford Steve for nothing. Now I got Rod. I mean, geez, my IQ went up just by doing this show. I'm smarter already. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow. See you then.